This is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am a very sleepy squirrel coming to you from the ARN studios. High atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is Thursday, the 24th day of August, 2023. And this is Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and anything else I want to talk about. We webcast live every Monday through Friday, except yesterday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on Twitter and Facebook. And then the podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. You can head on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com and check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. You'll find something worth listening to, I guarantee it. All right, folks, where was I yesterday? (laughs) Well, on Tuesday... Uh, Mrs. Squirrel and I were talking, and we had not had a play day in a while. Um, all of our road trips this summer have been work related. Uh, excuse me, work related in some sense or another. As uh, I've been traveling to preach somewhere, or going up to camp to work, or anything like that. But we had not done anything fun. Well, I guess I had Monday. Because after the podcast, I drove over to Kootenai and had lunch with uh, Jim Osmond and uh, Josh Comstock and Andrew Rappaport. This will be a heavily caffeinated episode, just to let you know, because I'm sleepy. (laughs) So anyway, I did that on Monday, but Mrs. Squirrel and I hadn't done anything fun this year. So it's summer, it's late summer, it's the 24th day of August. Time is ticking away. We're getting close to fall. School's already started again. All that good stuff. So we decided to make a day trip up to Glacier National Park yesterday. Um, We left the house early yesterday morning and got home late last night. The uh, park is typically three hours away, but there's heavy road construction on going to the Sun Road between Apgar Village and Lake McDonald Lodge. So we decided to drive around to the east side of the park. And we went in at the St. Mary's end of going to the Sun Road, went over Logan Pass and down the the west side, and then turned around at um, the Avalanche campground, the Avalanche area, and drove back up and over on the way and went back out on the east side. So we actually, to get to and from the park, our, our trip was four hours each way. So eight hour round trip and we spent probably, you know, six hours in the park. And so it was a long day. <laughs> it was a very long day. Um, but it was a fun day. We had a good time. I'm very low on sleep. <laughs> Did not want to get up when the alarm clock went off this morning. Was thinking, you know, I could just tweet out that I'm not going to do a squirrel chatter again today, but that wouldn't have been fair to you. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm just about to miss a week when I go to uh, 
Atlanta for G3 at, a month from now, but uh, that's uh, that's a month from now. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll miss a day here and there, but uh, I couldn't miss uh, going up to the park with Mrs. Squirrel. So we had a had a good time. Stopped at one of our favorite delis on the way up. Picked up sandwiches that we ate at one of the picnic areas in the park. Yes, we put the top down and drove over Logan Pass with the top down, um, even though it was fairly cold and windy. It was about, I'd say, 55 degrees on top and just breezy. Um, it was a, a colder day. It had been raining up there. Um, we didn't get rained on in the park. We did get rained on going up and coming back. <laughs> so... Um, but it was, it was a, it was a beautiful day. It was smoky, but it didn't smell smoky. Um, I think I've, I've mentioned that we've had forest fires in the area, but we've had three or four days of, of rain. So the fires are, are getting under control, but the, uh, the, uh, there's still smoke in the air, but it didn't smell smoky, but when I looked at some of the pictures that Mrs. Squirrel took of the valley, it looks like it's really bad, but the air quality wasn't all that bad, um, according to the websites. They they are under um, uh, what they call the uh, stage two fire restrictions up there. So if you're camping in the park, you cannot have a campfire. You have to use a, you can use a gas stove, you know, a Coleman stove or a backpacking stove, something like that, uh, either propane or white gas. That's, that's allowable. But you cannot light a, a campfire. So, um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, uh, park wasn't, it was plenty crowded. <laughs> we did manage to find a parking place up on Logan Pass, which is a rare thing. I understand that, but we, we got up and walked around up there. We saw Golden Mantle ground squirrels, and we saw Colombian ground squirrels. I think that was the extent of the wildlife we saw. Um, <clears throat> didn't see any goats or bears or anything like that, but we didn't didn't get, get out and hike other than walking around the Logan Pass Visitor Center. Um, it's just... If you've never been to Glacier Park, um, just to give you um, the the cold hard fact, it's a hiker's park. It's there's only the one road through the park going to the Sun Road, um, which goes from the east side to the west side, and go up along Lake McDonald up McDonald Creek, and then you climb up over Logan Pass. And then you drop down out to St. Mary's. And of course, there's, you know, there are a couple of shorter roads that go into places, but it's not a park you drive around in other than driving over going to the Sun Road. Um, but it is a hiking park. There is a huge trail system, and it's some of the best hiking ever with just beautiful views and stuff. And so to really experience Glacier National Park, you have to get off the road and walk. That's difficult on a day trip. 
Now, I've done it. I've gone up very early in the morning and done long hikes and gotten back very late at night. But we were not doing that last yesterday. We Our, our whole goal was just to go up, drive over, go into the Sun Road, you know, spend some time in the park. Um, I buy a, you know, we have an American the Beautiful Pass, so we can go into any national park. Um, our fees are already paid, and uh, I do that every year for, for years. Um, and working out the cost of it, if you visit a national park twice, you've pretty much paid for the pass. So, you know, if you go more than twice, the pass is definitely the, the way to go. And the, the Glacier National Park Pass is only, or the, the America the Beautiful Pass, which is good for every national park, is only $10 more than the Glacier annual pass. So I get the, the American the Beautiful pass, although I will be honest, we have never used it at any other park. Because um, we just don't, but if we if we make the Great American Road Trip, which we are talking about, that's something that Mrs. Squirrel and I really want to do. There are things that we want to go see and uh, before we're too old to enjoy them. Um, and uh, so one of the things I'm, I'm waiting for, very much waiting for the Battleship Texas to get out of dry dock and get back to wherever they're going to permanently moor it for display. Um, they are not mooring it at, uh, um, they're at Galveston anymore, I guess, I don't know why. It seemed like a, a good location, but they're searching for some place upon the Texas Gulf Coast to uh, display the battleship Texas when she comes out of dry dock. She's been in there for repairs. I don't want to do the Great American Road road trip until the Texas is on display because I, I really want to tour that ship. It's the oldest, it's the last surviving dreadnought class battleship. And, and that's just, you know, being a history buff, I want to, I, I would love to tour her. Um, I've been on the Iowa, so I've seen an Iowa class. Um, would like to do the other three ships in the Iowa class. Yes, that would include going to Hawaii. Because <laughs> um, the, the New Jersey is in New Jersey. The Wisconsin is Virginia. West Virginia, somewhere on the East Coast, and then the the Missouri itself is in um, in Hawaii at uh, Pearl Harbor, more adjacent to the Arizona. So they they did that symbolically because the Arizona, of course, was the start of America's involvement in World War II as the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor sank the Arizona. The um, Missouri marks the end of World War II because it was in Tokyo Bay on the decks of the Missouri that Japan signed the surrender agreement. So the Missouri marks the end of the war, the Arizona marks the beginning of the war in the Pacific, and so they have the Missouri moored next to the wreck of the Arizona.
so that you can you can you get that tour. So yeah, I'd love to. The historian in me would love to do Pearl Harbor. Um, huge, huge thing. And I've always wanted. To, I, mean, I mentioned wanting to go to Hawaii a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the Maui fire. Oh man, have there been some developments on that front? We're going to talk about on Monday meandering. Um, I was going to say I'm looking forward to it, but it you can't look forward to talking about a tragedy like that. But I am very much uh, um, intrigued by some of the stuff that's been happening on that front. So we will be talking about the Maui fires and developments there come Monday and Monday meanderings. What do we got going on today? This is not Thursday meanderings, <laughs> but I wanted to tell you where I was yesterday. I'll post some pictures on Twitter today, so uh, if you follow me on Twitter, um, you can follow the podcast at Squirrel Chat Pod, but my personal account is at Shinar Squirrel, and you are welcome to join me there, um, and I will post some pictures of yesterday's trip on Twitter today. I threw some up on Instagram last night when we stopped for dinner, but that was the extent of that. <laughs> Um, Mrs. Squirrel took most of the pictures, so I got to get her pic pictures from her before I can really share anything other than a couple of selfies and, and uh, a Colombian ground squirrel. Because um, I wasn't taking a lot of pictures. <laughs> she was the one taking the pictures. So I need to get her pictures. And like an idiot, I did not take my GoPro. It was, uh, I saw a guy, we were, we were leaving the, uh, visitor center at Logan Pass getting ready to head out into the parking lot and a guy on a on a motorbike went by and he had a GoPro mounted on his camera and I thought oh what a great way to record the uh, you know going to the Sun Road um, especially on a camera because anytime he turns his head on his helmet cam anytime he turns his head he gets a picture of the valley and all that but even just having one pointing out the dash to uh, get some views of the park or, or set one just pointing out the side window um, would work. But I have, and and so I, I, motion, I mentioned that to Janet, and she looked at me and said, don't you have a GoPro? <laughs> I said, yeah, I do. Um, it's in a box right up there, and I didn't even think to take it. That would have been, I could mount that on the dash and take pictures of going to the Sun Road. And with the top down, I could even, you know, mount it up on the brow of the windshield to, to get pictures unobstructed. But uh, that would have been fun. Um, but I didn't do it. So I don't have any video like that. I do have a couple of selfies and the, the or, or toofies, you know, pictures of me and Mrs. Squirrel. And I have a couple of pictures of Colombian ground squirrels that I took up on Logan Pass. But other than that, my phone was plugged into the car because we were listening to music while we were driving. The ESO soundtrack, actually. So just had some cinematic music playing in the background. Cinematic music from a video game. All right, what do we got coming up today? We have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. And it's Theology Thursday. We're going to start Chapter 18 
of the assurance of grace and salvation. Today is going to be an overview of the chapter, and I'm not going to do much more than just read through it, because I haven't looked at it yet. Because yesterday, <laughs> I wasn't here. Um, so we'll, we'll read through it, maybe make a few remarks, but it's just going to be an overview, and then we will we will launch into a paragraph-by-paragraph paragraph look at it next Thursday. All right, well, let us begin, as is our practice, begin 15 minutes into the show. Let us begin um, by reciting the Prayer of Confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now our reading from Daily Readings from the Life of Christ by John MacArthur. Our devotional today is Jesus on God's Love for Persecutors. Pray for those who persecute you, Matthew 544b. Dr. MacArthur writes, Throughout the centuries, the worst kinds of persecutions against Jesus' followers have come from religious people. Persecution has been so strong against believers because they uphold God's standard, which indict the sin and corruption of false religion. God's word unmasked hypocrisy in a most crucial area, humanity's propensity for self-justification. Knowing that persecution would be the world's response to the Father's truth, Christ assures us that we will be persecuted just as he was, John 15:20. Thus his command that we pray for our persecutors is one every faithful believer will have some opportunity to obey, not just those who live in countries where Christianity is illegal or severely restricted. The best way to have agape love for those who persecute us is to pray for them. We might sense their sinfulness and intense hatred and ridicule of us. Those traits make it impossible to love the persecutors for what they are, but we must love them for who they are, sinners in need of God's forgiveness and his saving grace. So we need to pray for them that they will repent and turn to him for salvation, as we have already done. Bear in mind, though, that persecutors will not always and only be unbelievers. Those professing to be believers can give saints real grief and difficulty, too. But as in every case, the first step in making right those situations is prayer. Jesus knew that prayer for persecutors can begin to knit our hearts with God in the matter of loving our enemies. Ask yourself, 
Which has been the hardest for you to deal with? Persecution from without or from within the family of God? Why is prayer such a powerful tool in combating the hard feelings this dredges up in you? Okay, Theology Thursday and more coffee. Today's going to be a two-pot day, I think. When I finish this pot, I think I'm going to brew another one. Okay, so we are going through the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, and we are up to chapter 18 of the Assurance of Grace and Salvation. There are four paragraphs in this chapter. Let me read through them. And as I said, next week we will begin looking at them paragraph by paragraph, but today we're just going to do an overview. So, 1689, London Baptist Confession of Faith, Chapter 18 of the Assurance of Grace and Salvation, Paragraph 1. Although temporary believers and other unregenerate men may vainly deceive themselves with false hopes and carnal presumptions of being in the favor of God and in a state of salvation, which hope of theirs shall perish, yet such as truly believe in the Lord Jesus and love him sincerely, endeavoring to walk in all good conscience before him, may in this life be certainly assured that they are in the state of grace and may rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, which hope shall never make them ashamed. Paragraph 2. This certainty is not a bare conjectural or probable persuasion grounded upon a fallible hope, but an infallible assurance of faith founded on the blood and righteousness of Christ revealed in the gospel, and also upon the inward evidence of those graces of the Spirit unto which promises are made, and on the testimony of the Spirit of adoption, witnessing with our spirit that we are the children of God, and, as a fruit thereof, keeping the heart both humble and holy. Paragraph 3. This infallible assurance does not so belong to the essence of faith, but that a true believer may wait long and struggle with many difficulties before he be a partaker of it. Yet being enabled by the Spirit to know the things which are freely given to him of God, he may, without extraordinary revelation, in the right use of means, attain thereunto, and therefore it is the duty of everyone to give all diligence to make his calling and election sure, and thereby his heart may be enlarged in peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, in love and thankfulness to God, and in strength and cheerfulness in the duties of obedience, the proper fruits of this assurance, so far as it from inclined, so far it is as it, so far is it from inclining men to looseness. Sorry, tripping over that 17th century language this morning. Paragraph 4. True believers may have the assurance of their salvation diverse ways shaken, diminished, and intermitted, as by negligence in preserving of it, by failing, by falling into some special sin which wounds the conscience and grieves the spirit, by some sudden or vehement temptation, by God's withdrawing the light of his countenance and suffering even such as fear and suffering even such as fear him to walk in darkness and to have no light. Yet they, yet are they never destitute of the seed of God and life of faith, 
that love of Christ and the brethren, that sincerity of heart and conscience of duty, out of which, by the operation of the Spirit, this assurance may in due time be revived, and by which, in the meantime, they are preserved from utter despair. So that is chapter 18 of the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith. Um, So we will launch into that in depth next week. I do more this morning, but as I said, I am really tired. Let us now recite our uh, faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Collect for the Twelfth Sunday after Pentecost. Keep your church, O Lord, by your perpetual mercy, and because without you the frailty of our nature causes us to fall, keep us from all things hurtful, and lead us to all things profitable for our salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Collect for Guidance. Heavenly Father, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit, that in all the cares and occupations of our life we may not forget you, but may remember that we are ever walking in your sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Collect for the Unrepentant. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son, you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for today. A little shorter episode than normal, but uh, as I said, I'm I'm tired, but I I didn't want to duck out on you entirely two days in a row. So um, we are back. Had a great time yesterday. Missed being here with you, but the time I normally do the show, I was heading north. (laughs) So... um, and uh, we had a good time. We had a good time. Uh, need to spend more time up there. Um, it, we we have not gone camping this year, and it's too late now. <laughs> I mean, not that the campgrounds are closed, but there, there's just too much on my schedule right now. So definitely got to plan a camping trip for next year. Um, I miss just sitting by a campfire in the woods, uh, reading a book. 
you know, listening to the birds and the squirrels and, you know, going on hikes, seeing, seeing the beautiful nature that God has created. And I think I've mentioned it before. It is my personal belief that God lives in that Glacier National Park. He just visits the rest of the planet. It is my, my happy place. Glacier National Park is my favorite place on earth. Um, as far as physical locations go, um, just love that place. Um, several years ago, I actually saw an RV park for sale up there and thought about, you know, hey, we could move up there and run an RV park. And uh, that would be a, a fun way to, to uh, live out the years, but uh, didn't, didn't do that. But thought about it. Boy, I sure did. I, uh, I looked at that long and hard. Um, not to the point of actually calling the banker and checking out, you know, arranging the loan and stuff. But I definitely had a few days of daydreams thinking about doing that. Um, actually drove past that RV park yesterday <laughs> and thought about it again. It's like, hey, that's the one I was looking at right there. Um, I had never actually visited it. I had just uh, looked at it online, but uh, yeah, I could yeah, I could see me managing an RV park near Glacier Park. That would have been fun. Um, but yeah, I would. I, I need to spend some time up there. Um, so next year, um, I see that my the, as the way things they did this year, they've been they've been increasing uh, or reservations in the park for the longest time all the campgrounds were first come first serve which 30 years ago wasn't that much of a problem and and this is something that i've mentioned before i think i used to get off work at five o'clock in the afternoon on a friday drive up to the park get there at 10 o'clock at night, because, you know, you stop for dinner, you load the car, everything. Get there at 10 o'clock at night, and on a Friday night, I could find a campsite. It may not be the best campsite I want. You know, it may not even be in the campground I want, but I could find a campsite. You can't do that anymore. The, the last couple of times I've camped in the park, I have left the house at like 3 a.m., so that I would be in the park at 6 a.m. And I would f drive around through the campsites before anybody was up and find one who's, okay, these people are leaving today. And, you know, they're, they're packing up. You know, you guys are leaving. Yeah, I'm leaving. I'd run down, register for that campsite, and I would come back with, with that campsite's ticket in my hands before they'd even pulled out because you, they were full by eight o'clock. Um, so you had to get up there early in the morning and because, but now, and I never could camp my favorite campsite, my favorite campground is the Avalanche Creek campground. That is my favorite campground. It's in a cedar forest. It's just beautiful. It's, it's, Avalanche Creek and, and that area is one of my favorite places in the park. Avalanche Lake is 
a shorter hike. It's one of the easier hikes in the park. It's still one of my favorite hikes because of the beauty of it. It's just gorgeous. Well, there's a campground there, and you can never get in there. <laughs> you know, you'd show up at 6 a.m., and it was already full. Um, and so, you know, that was always a... But Well, that campsite, that campground now is entirely reservation only. So I'm thinking next spring, I'm going to get in. I'm going to reserve a campsite at uh, in that little campground for three, four days. <laughs> and I'm going to disappear up into Glacier Park and do some hiking and, and really... Because one of the nice things, they've got... Uh, a hiker shuttle so you don't even have to take your car um, and try to find a parking place at a trailhead you can you know throw your backpack on get on the hiker shuttle and it drops you at all the major areas in the park along going to the Sun Road so you can jump on that shuttle get up to Logan Pass and do the hikes up there or you can you know get to one of the other trailheads and, and do a hike and then take the shuttle back to your campground. And you don't even have to worry about moving your vehicle. And so that's a really nice thing. They didn't have that in my youth. <laughs> that would have been so nice. We were always... See, I used to get up to, to go on hikes and stuff. I'd get up before dawn just so I could find a parking place at a trailhead. And you don't have to do that anymore. So, you know. Or, or you get up, you know, if you want to start early, you can get up early, park your car where you would get out, where the, the trailhead, where your hike would end, and then you could take the shuttle to where your hike begins, and your car would be waiting for you when you, when you get to the bottom. So that's, a, that's another possibility if you're doing a, a hike that starts one place and ends another. Um, but, yeah, when I was a young man, Used to go backpacking, uh, overnight backcountry camping up in Glacier all the time. Um, I've got books on trails, you know, trail guides, and, and a lot of times I don't even need the book because I know where I'm going. Last serious hike I did in the park, it was after um, Sperry Chalet burnt down. I'm a member of the um, Glacier National Park Conservancy. And uh, we got an email, the, the park, the, it was the, the year after Sperry burnt down, they were rebuilding the chalet. They had gotten into it and stabilized it for winter, and then they were in there rebuilding it. Now, these chalets, there used to be a whole series of them through the park. Um, before going to the Sun Road or any of that was there, the parks were started by the Great Northern Railroad. Most people don't realize that. Great Northern Railroad, they built the lodges, and they built all the chalets. And so basically the, the idea was you would take your train to Glacier, you would stay at the lodge, and then you would horseback ride through the park. And they had a series of alpine chalets that were a month apart or a, a horseback a horseback horseback ride day apart and so you would get off the train you'd stay at the lodge you'd saddle up on your horse 
and head up into the high country and you'd do, you know, two, three, four, five nights in the park, but you would be stopping, you'd stay at a chalet and they had food and everything at the chalet. Then the next day you would get on your horse and ride to the next chalet, etc. And one of the first places that we ever stayed in the park was at Sperry Chalet. And they have a campground there. Um, hard to get reservations for the chalet. That was always something. That, there's two of these chalets left. There's Sperry Chalet and Glacier Park Chalet. And, or Granite, Granite Park Chalet. These are the two that are left of this series of, I don't know how many there were. Um, I used to know, but I don't know offhand. I've got books on the history of the park and stuff. As I said, it's my favorite place. So there's um, these two chalets that are left. And the first, I was, you know, 12 years old. We hiked into Sperry Chalet. We stayed at the campground, but we ate our meals in the chalet because they have a dining room. They, they bring all the food in on pack horses. <clears throat> they, you know, it was fun. You, you These pack trails, pack Pack uh, pack trains would pass you on the trail, and uh, they'd have you know there'd be one horse with like two or three propane tanks, <laughs> you know the the long skinny you know, look like the helium balloon tanks. There'd be a couple of those on a pack horse. There was you know panniers of food and all of that, and so they had you know two or three of these pack trains a week to supply the chalet because. The only way to get to them is by trail. There's no road. Um, I mean, you can you can helicopter in, but they don't want to do that because of the park. I mean, it messes up the whole atmosphere. So they have pack trains that that supply these chalets. So we spay, we we went up, we hiked in one day, spent the night at the campground. The next day we did a ranger-led hike up to Sperry Glacier. And, you know, did that and then back to the campground that night. And then the third day we hiked out. Um, it's a six-mile trail, but you climb about 3,000 feet. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a steep climb up. You're, you're, you start at Lake McDonald and you end up on the top of the mountain. So, um, a beautiful, beautiful trail. So, the... After Sperry Chalet had burnt down in a forest fire, the, it was being rebuilt. And the Glacier Conservancy was one of the outfits that was funding the rebuilding. And so I had received a uh, email as a member of the, of the uh, Conservancy that they were going to do a a hike in to inspect the reconstruction work. And it was, you know, do you want to go? And it was, the hike was being led by one of the Conservancy board members, etc. And we were just going to go spend time in the park. And I said, yeah, I'd love to do it. You know, so I, I arranged my schedule so I could go up and do it. And, you know, just as I wanted to, to do it, but they, I had never done Sperry Chalet as a day hike. 
And I said, six miles in, six miles out. So we're looking at 12 miles. And so I got up there the day before. I got a campsite so I could spend the night there. Then the next morning, met the, the group to hike up to. And it was a dozen of us. I mean, it wasn't a huge group, but there was a dozen of us. And so other than the college intern, I think I was the youngest one there because everybody else was retired and I was not. <laughs> and, uh, but I was still, you know, early fifties. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. And they took off from the trailhead and I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> I just, I was like, I kept up with them for the first mile. And then after that, it was like, you know, I'll see you guys at the top. I know the way. And uh, I think I was about uh, 20 minutes or so behind everybody when they got up there. Um, so I wasn't that far back, but I could not maintain that pace. And same thing coming out. I, I you know, slow going, coming out. Um uh, but didn't bother me because I've always been a solo hiker, or often been a solo hiker. Bothered the board member. He did not like uh, leaving me on my own, and he actually stayed back with me for quite a while. And I was like, you know, would you just go ahead? He's like, but you don't have any bear spray. And I was like, I have been hiking in this park since I was 12 years old, and very rarely carried bear spray. I do now, but I didn't used to. So I didn't have anything like that. And, uh, but that was, you know, that was a long, I'd never done it as a day hike. And, oh, was I hurting when I came back out. But I did it. I made it. And it was good to see the construction. They had, they had put on lunch for us at the chalet. And so we, we ate lunch at the chalet and then hiked back out. Now, when I was, you know, 12 and we went up there, the the chalet, the kitchen at the chalet, they will pack you a sack lunch. So we had had, we hiked in, we had dinner at the chalet, then we had breakfast at the chalet, and we got, they had packed us a sack lunch, so we had a sack lunch for the ranger-led trip up to Sperry Glacier, so we had, we had sandwiches and, and, uh, there were sandwiches and like apple slices or, you know, I don't remember what all was in there. Actually, probably wasn't apple slices, it was probably an apple. And so we'd hike in, hike up to the chalet, had the or hike up to the glacier and everything, but they had a sack lunch. They still do all that. So if you're staying at one of the chalets, you can, they'll make you a sack lunch to, to take, you know, I mean, you have to pay for it, but. Um, but yeah, we, uh, it was always, always good to, to, I've, I've, the only time I've actually stayed in the chalet was at Granite Park Chalet with, uh, mom and dad, there's Mrs. Squirrel and I, mom and dad, um, Ben and Jan Benfield from Atlanta and Mac and Barbara Fields from Atlanta, dear friends of the family. So it was a, it was a, the, the. Mac and Barbara and, and, and Ben and Jan had come out to visit with mom and dad. And uh, we just decided to, 
they invited us along to go in, uh, hike in to uh, to Granite Park. They had made reservations, so Janet and I were able to do that as well, and uh, that was a fun trip. That's the only time I've actually slept in the chalet. I have stayed at both campgrounds. I've stayed at the Sperry Chalet campground, and I've stayed at the Granite campground, um, but I've only ever been in the chalet one time. We're, you know, staying there. I mean, obviously, I've been in the dining rooms and everything. And, uh, but yeah, fun, fun times. Um, uh, had a good time up at the park. I could babble on about the park for days, and I'm obviously very tired because I'm rambling. So I will wrap it up now. Do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. Whatever you do today, do it for the glory of the Lord. I'll see you again here tomorrow for Federalist Friday on Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.